At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella Lombacure, the world messenger, and I have another epic show of legacy leaders. And I cannot wait to introduce this awesome guest that is here with us. He is a New Yorker. He's actually in Brooklyn, but at the moment in San Francisco and Bay Area, and he is Mover Shaker. We'll learn what he's up to, what he's doing there, and how he's dividing and conquering to major cities in niche. Um, that he is super awesome. And all that has to do with executives. I, you guys know I'm passionate about leaders and he is about that, including helping those leaders to really have phenomenal executive presence. He's a stylist, he helps them with their image, with brand, with credibility and so much more. And he will share that shortly. He is obviously chief style geek. He's working with the geeks with those amazing, brilliant introverted minds. So without further ado, let me introduce you to my great a guest here and friend Joseph Rosenfield. Joseph, welcome. How are you? Hey, Isabella. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm so glad that you carve a little bit of time to get with us on Legacy Leader Show as you are actually working with some amazing clients in Bay Area. First of all, how is the Bay Area? No smoke and uh, looking great? Yeah, the air quality has been great. Um, it's so great being back here after uh, about a year and a half absence because of the pandemic, of course. Uh, keeping everyone going via Zoom has uh, worked great, but you know, people love to see each other in person. And uh, the work that I do is so enhanced by having an in person uh, connection. So I'm back out here and uh, doing lots of back and forths between New York and here to see everybody and uh, still get a chance to go back home and be with my partner and our cat and you know things like that and then i'm back out here doing a, a whole bunch of, of projects right now with with different clients so it's great to be here and great to be with you Fantastic. And it's such a great comeback, given that everything, how long we struggled, right, with upside downs of the COVID and whatnot. And I'm with you, like how amazing it is to travel and to be in the cities that we have uh, great connections and, and, and see peace and people in person, right? First of all, I want to compliment your great style. Obviously, as a stylist and someone who is super chic, who knows um, how to maximize the power of their presence. You obviously not only do a phenomenal job with yourself, but also with other people. How did you, first of all, get into that niche? Do you mind sharing a little bit with your journey with the audience? Sure. Um, I don't want to be a downer about it, but um, <laughs> uh, because I, I'm here, I'm 52, and I've lived through the hardships of my early life. Uh, but I have to say that I was bullied and beaten up and uh, sexually attacked by a babysitter as a child. It was considered incest. And I'm a survivor of all these things. And um, I think it's important to share that part of the story because like you, Isabella, um, we're both survivors of some pretty traumatic things from our youths. 
and um, but we're here, so we have to celebrate that. Sometimes, you know, it's important for us just to know that for ourselves. But I think when we're telling people about what we've lived through and our, our lived experience, um, sometimes it's really helpful to risk the vulnerability of being open to share um, the deepest and, and sometimes most gruesome and painful parts of our story, because how we show up today is how we have evolved and, and how we emerge every day. So I survived all of that. And what was crucial is that when I was 15 years old, within a few months of my father also on top of everything else, suddenly uh, having a, a massive heart attack and dying, uh, I discovered the official preppy handbook. It was this very irreverent um, book. People were not supposed to take it very seriously, but I grew up in the northern suburbs of Chicago and um, I was looking for a way out. Um, first, I was looking to think, I was constantly thinking about ending my life, quite frankly, but then upon the discovery of this handbook, um, which I read forwards and backwards, upsides and down, I figured out that if I could dress like a preppy guy, um, people might stop telling me that I'm ugly and that that was one of the most hurtful things of all. It wasn't just that they would occasionally tell me that I was ugly. They would tell me that I was ugly several times a day in between classes, during classes, all day long. It wasn't just a tape that played in my head. It was a real thing that happened all the time. And it made me feel horrible about myself. So in that vast black sky full of nothing in my head, up along came this preppy handbook. And when I read it, I had this epiphany, like a hypothesis, and it's all still the crux of the work that I do today, which is for me personally, I might not have style. I, I might not be attractive. I might not be handsome, sexy, or physically fit or whatever but I could have style, which would transcend all that stuff. And if I could exhibit what my personal style really is like, people would get a chance to know me for who I really am from the inside out. So I worked on the outside and then that gave me a chance to figure out more about who I really was on the inside. Wow, such a powerful story. First of all, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge your vulnerability and thank you for sharing that. And I'm sorry that you had to go through this severe bullying because when you don't have um, obviously family members to support you when, when it's a lot of fragmentation there and the loss. And when you're in teenage years, uh, so much can go wrong and you could go in completely different direction, right? but you chose to tap into your strength and, and, and rise above all of it, despite all of these obstacles. And the best part, I guys, I had a chance to meet Joseph at least a couple of times, right? In New York and in Denver in person. And he is the sweetest, gentlest, kindest human being. And it's so beautiful that I see this evidence when people are also abused and go through these traumatic events when we know better, right? We do better, but we also don't retaliate the same way as, as it is being infringed upon us. And that's so beautiful about you, uh, my friend. And I just want to highlight that. So... Um, you chose to go higher road and also you exude an epitome of, of true kindness and genuine love for people. And um, that is just so admirable despite what you've been through. 
Thank you. I feel like we always have our choices and um, I definitely preferred to choose the high road. It would have been probably so easy to feel low and do the lower things because I was in a low place. But I guess that was part of the thing. I, I felt um, a lot like how people feel that I work with today who are already top leaders, they know their stuff, uh, they're at the top of their game, whatever it is, but they feel like they could do better. And I also feel like I was a person who could do better for myself without relying on anybody else. I had to really do things the hard way. I had to figure things out for myself. I didn't have a me, you know, when I was a boy or a teen, I had to become the me. And now I get to turn that around and help other people. But at, also at the same time, I am unrelenting in my own uh, growth path, whether it's my spiritual path, um, uh, what, whatever it is, I, I'm always looking to improve and make something better of myself. I'm never satisfied. <laughs> that is so beautiful. You're a lifelong learner, right? You wanted to always uh, do something like that is beautiful trait of phenomenal leader that they recognize no matter how far we got in the life, it's more to learn and it's more to adjust and it's more to um, actually appreciate, right? And that's the beauty. And a lot of people that don't do that, they don't adjust their game. That's where the struggle come, right? And I love that you're working with people such as geeks that we call it, and I call them techies because they're technical people that are phenomenal, brilliant minds with innovation, with technology, and they're usually most of them with strong introverts right so you kind of in a way you find some of your tribe didn't you most definitely i think when i first uh, moved to silicon valley in 2005 uh, i wondered how in the hell would i actually make something of my business um, my talents my gifts my strengths uh, with a community that just seemed to be so lackadaisical about style and showing up wanting to look good and all that stuff and um you know, eventually I, I figured it out. There were some key elements that that played a role in that. Um, a couple of funny things, for example, living in San Jose, um, there was uh, once uh, an, a cover story of the free local weekly paper where they talked about man Jose. And that was because there's um, far more men in San Jose um, than there are women. And so, uh, single geeky guys that are maybe a little bit awkward looking or socially haven't figured some things out yet or they just look you know maybe not just geeky but nerdy uh, a little bit of a discernment there um really needed help and of course i've been there done that in my own kind of way um but i was geeky about style and about fashion and, and all of that. And I, I could exact that. So people um, started to discover that I existed and being in Man Jose <laughs> was, was pretty instrumental, uh, not only for the, the guys, but um, although there's a huge disparity of uh, men to women ratio of, of people who are um, techies, uh, which is really sucky in my opinion. Um, I would work with a lot of women as well um, and still do who are in the tech uh, industry and they all still benefit from that same 
uh, know-how. And they freed me in a way. They let me actually geek out with them. <laughs> Engineers are so process-oriented and they love learning about the process that I take them through to help them learn about their style. So that was um, emancipating for me where I could just be, I could just be me we, and we all geek out together. It's fun. <laughs> awesome. I love it how all this came together. But also what's so beautiful is like self-discovery, right? When we focus so much on our craft and other things, we don't have to be great at everything. Not everybody have a great style that naturally comes to them. Not everybody get exposed to some things or, 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 or know how to, you know, and specifically in different stages in life, right? It's like when we're younger, we experience, experiment. And now it's like when we're these strong professionals that are a huge trajectory for progression and career and, and, and very visible in organization and things that we do, that executive presence, it's very important. But one thing before we go into that, what I'm seeing the common theme, Joseph, and please correct me here if I'm wrong and please elaborate more, always starts everything with who we are inside so that we can then beautifully package that on outside that matches, right? That energy, that type of quality of person that also shows through what we wear to our style, to our comfort level, to our look that we exude. Because I'm seeing plenty of executives with executive presence and just in general, people that are great and looking styling, but then they don't exhibit necessarily those traits on human level. And it's like, oh, I'm not sure if I want to network with this person. I'm not sure if I want to do business with that person because it's quite a bit repellent, right? So it's a blend of so many things, but wouldn't you um, say that it's better and it's easier to work with someone who already work on themselves and self-discover and, and it's very confident and it's highly, highly polished person with integrity and all of those great traits that we really are looking for. Yeah, I mean, I think that in some ways, what you're describing is the ideal um, of, of a person who has optimized themselves so that they are of service. Um, and a, for me, I don't have to have someone who comes ready-made that way. What they have to have is an openness and a curiosity to discover how to get there. And that I, I often, this is one of my favorite uh, words to talk about uh, and what I think you're describing as the overall, um, which is gravitas. If you, if, you look, if you look a certain way, but then your behavior or your demeanor is off to your point, something about that connection is off. You as the onlooker, you as the co-meeting participant with that kind of a person gives you a, a weirdo feeling about that person. And that could make you like pull, pull, you know, hit the brakes. Like, yeah, this is not a person I really want to do business with. This isn't really a person that I can count on. This isn't really a person I can connect with. This person is really all about themselves. They're not about collaboration. They're not about connecting and communicating with a give and take, et cetera, et cetera. So when a person really has good communication skills non-verbally, verbally um, and and uses vocabulary and 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 all of these different elements and listens and has confidence and takes an interest and can be somewhat concise that's probably my foible <laughs> um, those kinds of things 
level up a person's executive presence and gives them a lot more credibility where if you as that person show up interested in other people, other people also show up and take an interest in you. And then when you're that person and you have a gift to give, which is in some ways to serve uh, serve your company, serve your community, serve your country. Um, those uh, types of, of elements are what make a person really formidable. So to me, that's what gravitas is all about. And I feel like what you were describing as that ideal is someone who has good gravitas. I love that word. And I love what that means in your world. And, and I just, it's so beautiful because it encompasses so much. And the reason I'm saying it's because more prominent roles we have, we expect to have that gravitas because that gravitas not only gives credibility, gives a trust and builds relationships, right? But it's also important is that confidence that we were matching words and actions and consistency. And as we see too much of disconnect, that doesn't mean you cannot help people that are not there yet, as you said, but, but ultimately that's where everybody wants to be. And that's why I see a lot of two prong approach, right? Like what we do externally and then what we do internally and kind of almost like a simultaneous work on that. What I see a lot in the coaching world uh, or mentoring or are people that really need that extra advisory in order to truly um, get to the level, which bring us to the point, what is now executive presence in this current time that you see shifted from decades ago? And specifically when it comes to both genders in working environment, could you please share to audience that is watching and listening and that they're really trying to self-assess and figure it out what they could improve upon and what they could do better? So gravitas, to pick back up on that and carry the ball forward in the conversation really is about taking a serious note about the moment. So we're here having a conversation. Um, we both showed up for each other, for ourselves, and for um, the folks who are tuning in to watch your show. And uh, to my way of thinking, this is about having some taking some kind of deferential position um, that I am here to serve you and I am here to serve the community that you have been building um, and to impart information. That is taking the moment seriously enough to stand up, um, show up in all these ways together in a constant and consistent way that the way that I sound and the way that I look and the way that I move uh, and, and the vocabulary that I use and the thoughtfulness that goes into what I want to share um, are all things that have gravitas, that have executive presence. I can still have a smile on my face. I can still crack jokes, can still, you know, have sense of humor and, and, and move the conversation along and make my points. We all have the ability to do that. If we can get help, if we need it, get out of our own ways and see what our strengths are. To me, everything about my level of gravitas that works for me, or you, Isabella, your gravitas, or you, the, 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 the individual that I'm talking to right now who's watching this, 
Um, you have your own recipe of your own strengths, your own gifts and talents. And those are the things that you have to bring into who you are and what you do and how you show up for people and how you show up for yourself. There's a through line that connects all of that. And when you're tapping into that through line, it almost feels like the, the line is like a, a piece of thread that you're putting through a needle. Um, sometimes that's a, a hard thing to do because you, you miss a lot. But when you get it right, wow, is that an amazing feeling? And then you're optimizing. Then you're really there to support people have and, and, and love what you're doing. It's almost like if you're loving what you're doing and you're working at that level, you'll almost really never feel like you're working. You're just using what you have and being in the flow of who you are and you're and you can use your your entire physical presence to help other people know and see you from across the room who is this person what does this person stand for what are their values you can learn a lot just by looking at someone even if we can't define it with language we are socialized to study people we could call it judging, <laughs> it happens. But what happens is when we're studying people, we are figuring out, do we vibe with that person? Mm -hmm. And I think that getting the vibe out about yourself to be attractive to people for the purpose of creating connections, camaraderie, uh, collaborations, all of that is how you you know, move forward uh, with a strong kind of an executive presence that is strong, not that it's forceful, that it is just strong in you being who you are and tapping into your core. Wow, that is a beautiful share. And I love um, how everything that we don't sometimes even don't know about ourselves, others can help us and tell us how to discover, which obviously you come in place because, you know, just learning when we think about we know it all, we have great insights if we're open to, to adjust the game and then also at the same time, uh, do it better, right? Uh, but I love what you also pointed out, I call it observation, like observing behavior, as I mentioned, you know, yes, we tend to judge, but to me, if we're looking for something to highlight positive about that person because we observed it or something that we find rather interesting, right? When we can quickly pick up on new trends or different things that we may don't know much about, something that we're curious and wanted to learn, right? It opens very different possibilities. So as we observe the world around us, I'm sure you probably seen quite a bit difference from New York streets versus San Francisco streets, right? Just in the, in, in, in a different types of um, not only fashion, style, the climate, but also uh, different, different vibe of the cities, right? Uh, I'm sure that Gravitas looks very different in tech world, in tech companies versus financial law or, or more conservative types of industries. So if you don't mind sharing a little bit, what do you see that shifted also now in terms of executive presence? Are people more laid back, more casual? Are there more, um, 
you know, kind of COVID tolerant because we're seeing a lot of interesting stuff uh, on the webinars and in casual settings, right? But now that we're back to office, now that we're closing the deals, now that we're going in the front of others, that grooming, the polishing, being the best that we can possibly be and being on that A game, what that looks like and what should be looking like. Well, it's very interesting because you're right. There are microclimates, uh, not just with the actual weather, which also does play a factor in how people show up, um, not just in New York versus San Francisco because of the changes in actual physical climate, which is also really changing quite a bit these days. And we're having, we're living through those kinds of changes in real time. It almost feels like slow motion um, because we don't always realize how the climate, the physical weather temperature climate is, is impacting us. Um, but then there's also the business climate. Um, people in New York tend to have a different level of chic than what you would find in San Francisco, perhaps because, for example, the law and finance communities, although large in San Francisco, is just larger in New York. There's more of an entertainment crowd. There's a larger socialite crowd. Everything is just bigger in New York. So you end up seeing more of it because there are just more people. In San Francisco, it's a little more like, a, well, a big jewel box, not, uh, not a small one. Uh, it's a, it still is a good sized town, uh, city and, and the surrounding area. Um, and so what then happens is that um, I, I have to sort of break it down as the climates go, the business climates that is, and say people in tech who are in New York seem to be interested in leveling up their look to a certain degree because they see and live around lawyers, bankers investors, other entrepreneurs, the fashion community, the arts community. There's more exposure to more people, more types of people all in New York City. So a tech person, a tech leader, tends to look at their own sense of style in the guise of what is going on in New York because there's all of that going on. Whereas, here in the San Francisco Bay Area, in the city of San Francisco, down along the peninsula um, and into Silicon Valley, where I hang my hat quite a bit, um, it's much more outside of the city. It's much more suburban. It's not, an, it's not a real true urban experience. Low-flung buildings all over the place, highway traffic, um, starting to come back now, I'm noticing right, there's a lot that that is different than what happens in, in New York. Um, and so a tech person here would never think about wearing a jacket. It would be like, are you going on a job interview? Like, what's happening? Are you being deposed for a lawsuit? Like, why are you in a jacket right now? Did someone die? People literally think these things. Um, and so it's really rare, unusual uh, for someone to show up all polished up, but there are still times when it may really be appropriate. Like when a leader is 
having a meeting with other fellow senior leaders and you need gravitas for the moment or meeting with the board of directors where oftentimes they are all dressed in formal business attire because it's what is normal, um, there becomes a moment where a person has to level up uh, their look to meet the gravity of the moment. Um, but oftentimes top leaders are still wearing shirts with slacks and that kind of thing. Um, and I do still see that there are some women though, because again, there is this imbalance of genders where I do know that women um, still dress up more formally than even their male counterparts do. And some of this is because they want to be taken seriously, seriously and they can't behave like men or in my opinion, they oughtn't. Um, I don't, I think that people need to stop genderizing the idea of men behaving like men, which then only permits them to behave like men, which usually has a, an undercurrent of misbehavior. Yes, or kind of getting away with or doing whatever they can, which also with the climates that we're in, people are watching and paying attention and we're seeing a lot of you know, evidence of discrimination or evidence of different types of treatment and, and inequality, right? Uh, so how do we break all of that, right? It's, it's so wild. And, and just to tell you one last thing about this. So even within, let's say a tech company, the engineering crowd is a silo. Yes. They tend to look and behave and interact with each other in a certain way. Sales and marketing, another silo they deal internally and then externally and how do they show up for their customers that they serve their client base that is also up for discussion and then you have people like legal finance that are you know that's another silo or two and there are certain discernments that happen because there are certain broader expectations of what do, what do lawyers do, for example? Mm -hmm. Lawyers that work for companies, how are they supposed to show up? So there's a, there's a notion around what's expected, even though they still work for you know, XYZ company. Um, and so there are micro, micro climates uh, that we can even get into talking about. And in a way, these types of things are, are, are actually important because it helps other people see oh, that person's a lawyer, that person's an engineer. It's sort of like understanding how people are different and knowing, their, knowing what each person's roles are like is kind of interesting because imagine, you know, the argument could go the other way. I get it. The argument could go the other way. Well, why can't people just be who they are and do whatever they do? In the end, what, would, what that would mean is that everybody would look the same it feels like communism or something because it would be like everybody would look the same. Everybody would wear the same gray t-shirts uh, and blue jeans or something and some boring blah sneaker or something. And we would, we would all fade out. We wouldn't really show up and showcase you know, what, what we are really good at doing. So I love the idea that people kind of actually look different, but that we could appreciate each other for what we bring and that Let's just put it this way. Someone in sales and marketing in a tech company 
has nothing to sell if the engineers don't come up with a really kick-ass product that they've, you know, wrecked themselves to day and night, night and day to figure out all the bugaboos and put out a good product. Sales and marketing can only sell when they have a product that's ready to go to market. So everyone has to interact. It's an entire ecosystem and how everybody shows up um, plays, you know, plays a role in the success of the whole entire entity as well as their own personal success. So there's a lot that goes into, you know, the differences between here and there and, and also between all these different silos and the, and the work that people actually do. It's really fascinating when you stop and think about it. Yes, and, and from the organizational effectiveness and organizational development and look in the charts, positions, different divisions and different roles you spot on. It's like who, who tends to be more visible in front of the clients and interfacing. And now we're seeing also because of technical stuff, how much important it is for those techies to be able to not only speak the language that others can understand, but also uh, bring that personality to the light. And I'm so glad you're working in that space because I will be actually attending major cyber uh, uh, event uh, with a lot of different businesses uh, that are represented in Colorado next week and uh, having interaction and conversation with so many of them and decision makers, people that move the needle, right? Because technology has been the one that has still been extremely thriving during the current events of last year, year and a half, Te technology innovative solutions because we cannot live without them, right? And uh, I'm just curious to see people around the booths and around the different topics, having these conversations and interaction, but also the comfort level, when we feel good about ourselves, when we know that we're putting a game with our knowledge and matching now a most comfortable look to go with that, that is still very acceptable by society, right? Or, or industry we're in or brand that we represent then we shine, we, we really then even create more meaningful relationships and better connections as a result, right? Ultimately, that's what we're looking for, being accepted as who we are in the best possible way. And then also be able, be able to connect with others so that we can thrive. Otherwise you're gonna be you know, in that silo of being bullied or feeling put down or feeling that you're missing and lacking and you will never maximize what you're capable of, wouldn't you say? Um, that that would be the case? Yeah, I think the risk is really high. Um, and I think that that's why uh, showing up, putting putting on your, your good game face, if you will, um, has has a lot of impact, especially, you know, where you're going to be at this large event, um, meeting with a lot of different people, um, you're looking to create connections. You're looking to see who you, as I mentioned before, who you vibe with, um, who vibes with you. Um, it, it, it seems to make no sense to try to go after people that you can't vibe with. Uh, and because you're just wasting your time when your time is such a valuable commodity, you want to be able to maximize your time, connect with the right kinds of people, be drawn to each other, and you can use your actual physical likeness to look attractive, get people to be curious about you in the same way that someone else shows up and you think, oh, I really like the way this person took the time to show up. You know, I feel honored that somebody took the time to show up, maybe not just for me, but me and anyone else that, you know, we're getting that we get to meet each other and get along with each other. That, that to me is really important. 
that that is brilliant because a lot of times we don't feel like we fit outside of our little silo or little pocket and uh, how we're structured life in business a lot of times we structure the life in our personal life and that also affects quality of friends uh quality of partners we have people in our intimate life right so it's it's all interconnected that also truly does uh put the ceiling subconsciously how far we can truly go and where we would be accepted just because we're not accepted in certain areas or c-suite or executive suite um that doesn't mean we don't have the trajectory or material knowledge or power to be in one and that's also really knowing where do we fit and how do we really work towards that so just if, if you don't mind sharing with again audience that is listening is watching what do you look for the person to help them to be the best version of themselves what is that secret sauce that you can share at least little some of those golden nuggets that they can really own that and start looking things from different perspective well, on a physical level, um, I, I like to really look at a person and figure out who a person really is. Mm -hmm. uh, I, can, I have developed a skill where I can look at somebody's eyes and I already have a strong sense of what someone is all about. Um, last Friday, I sat down to work with someone I had just met and uh, we, were gonna, we were working together. So that was the nature of our being there. And I just looked at his eyes and I said, wow, your eyes are um, brown, but they're not only. They have like a golden orange undertone to it. And I said, um, what that tells me is that you are very deliberate, mm -hmm. but that you also almost diametrically to that allow for organic thought to come through and um, that you really idealize for yourself the ability to um, allow the organic thought to come in and then to act deliberately on the thought and he, his jaw dropped he said how how do you know that that is so <laughs> that is so true about me um so i think there there is something to be said of of really um working with your own eye color even if you don't know the psychology of colors um, the way I do behind what your own eye color means, I am a person who, as a personal stylist and image consultant and my executive presence work and all that blah, blah, um, I make for a, a person who is really great at seeing assets. Mm -hmm. But if I was an accountant, I would suck because I don't really look for liabilities. <laughs> and I suppose, you know, in good accounting, you need a, you need a good balance sheet. Um, I, I see equity and I, and, and I see um, assets. Uh, and so what, what I think is really important about this is that everybody has a beautiful eye color in my book, everybody. And the eyes are the windows to the soul. Yes. If you can take a color, your eye color, and repeat it on your body, either as a major piece of clothing or an ex or like a color accent in a, a shirt or a blouse or a tie or a scarf, um, or to blow it up with eyeglasses and let that color blow out of your head basically um, so that you're making your eyes a larger feature. Um, those things create 
a more elegant approach to your personal style automatically. Try it even with a t-shirt if you don't believe me. Um, and it, it works 100% of the time. And what it also does is it tells more people the truth about you. And so even if you saw the same man that I saw on Friday and you wouldn't use exactly the same language to describe him, if you were with him long enough to experience him and you looked at him, you would know that what I saw about him just by looking at his eyes, I hadn't interacted with him at all, really, to know all of that. I wouldn't have, it would have taken me, you know, like as a lay person, a really long time maybe to use that language, but I got the vibe right. And it was all because I sensed this. And that's one of the things that we all do. Not only do we have the gift of our eyes and the color of our eyes and the ability to bring that out throughout us as evaluators, judgers, um, uh, and, and also um, just onlookers that we're just observing each other. We are constantly feeling out the, the energy of other people. And so if you can use that, it will, it will illuminate yourself to other people and, and be an attractor. That's one of my favorite, you know, try this at home folks, um, tips, because we all have eyes and we, and, and we all can use them as, as assets to tell other people about who we are. And then of course, most especially ourselves. I love that. I love how it's something actionable, but also how it can change perspective, right? Because ultimately, when we do make a connection, we shake our hands, but we look each other's in the eyes. We're all, when we have this conversation, we look each other in the eyes. When we wanted to emphasize something, we're looking to get reflection and read the room, so to speak, right? Energetically, non-verbally, etc. So I love that something so simple yet so powerful can mean so much and help us to gauge better. And also, as you said, connect better, have a more meaningful conversations, connections, and as a result, better outcomes. Because right now you obviously build such a great reputation with people that not only you have a trust, they know your craft, that you have tons of referrals. And that's the beauty when, when it's now it's like a game over. You don't have to uh, promote yourself in a traditional way and market it because uh, word of mouth uh, is going to bring you because the consistency and the level of trust and the level of success rate, how you make a huge impact in their lives, right? Absolutely. So same things as, as the tech is selling the product. I mean, in a way, it's like it, this is the clientele that is hungry for this solution and quality of that has to stand. So when all of us are focusing on that customer versus clients value, I love calling my customers clients actually because it's such a much deeper, more personable relationship. So from your perspective, uh, what would you recommend for people? Obviously, we'll share where they can find you. They can learn more about you. But Joseph, what do you see now that jobs are more compatible, uh, stakes are much more higher? Um, we are also going through a lot of physical, emotional, mental change. What do you see um, that some of the problems that are being effectively solved when people feel not good about themselves or they don't feel really confident and when they feel like overwhelmed what would you suggest and recommend um, based on your success um, to do and 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 what do you have already seen over and over that people are craving and coming back to it 
Today, I see a lot of folks in my current work who are kind of stressed because of COVID and how it has changed our lives and our lifestyles. We're working, we're all working hard. And because a lot of us are also still working from home, um, it's harder to separate work from non-work. And as a result, I've seen with a lot of folks I know, weight gain among other things. And there is also a hunger, which is ironic to say that right after talking about weight gain, a hunger for reconnecting with people live and in person. And so I do believe that stylistically, one thing that most everyone I am encountering these days um, wants comfort. Uh, and that can be defined differently per person. Someone may take comfort in clothing that really is form-fitting to the body. And I'm fine with that for that individual person. And I have a whole process that I take people through to know what's really going to be best for them. Um, and then I can present those looks to the person. But the point is, is that comfort is an important thing for almost everybody now. And I think that people are redefining what that comfort is. And I will say this, it's something mindful to think of. When we think about comfort, we're often thinking about what's loose, what's easy, what's free. You know, can I just wear sweats today? That would be nice and easy and loose. And, you know, it, it's not necessarily appropriate, though. And then that can be uncomfortable. So what's comfortable on the body seems like one solution. But if it's not comfortable in the mind or it creates that inappropriate thing, the body has no mind if you separate, it's just a body. Uh, it's like a mannequin. Uh, the mannequin doesn't give a darn if you're wearing sweats or a suit, but the mind does. So knowing what's appropriate for the moment and knowing what's best for you to actually focus and get your work done and to show up thoughtfully and to be effective is thinking about comfort in another way. So you put these things together and it makes a big difference. I'm working with a guy right now who is, has a PhD, is an expert in his field and needs to go and do, I'll call it a presentation. And he needs a couple of days worth of clothes to, to do this. He doesn't really need to do this often. In the last 10 years, he's maybe had to make these presentations like this a couple of times. He has to be able to come in and talk to everybody about his subject matter expertise in, a, in very friendly terms, user-friendly even. He's got to use familiar language. He can't use jargon. He can't get technical. And yet people could look at him and think, oh, Mr. PhD, and they could be really intimidated by him. And what he has to do is relax his look, but look appropriate a little professorial in order for him to make the connection that not only is he the expert who knows his stuff, but that he is also approachable to the audience that he is going to be speaking with. This is all a, a nuance around 
what's comfortable for him, what's comfortable for his audience, what's comfortable for his body, comfort for everybody. And I think comfort is the key and the way that we are moving forward in these times that we are in right now, which is not a post-COVID era. We are not beyond it in my estimation. I'm not getting political about this. Yes, People yes. are taking precautions. And the fact that we are not like flying high, like the roaring twenties from a hundred years ago that people predicted would happen, hasn't happened at least not yet. And it's because we want to be cozy, comfortable, safe for ourselves. We want to make other people feel safe. We want to give other people the chance to express and be who they are. And for those of us who are leaders, it is really important to allow ourselves the opportunity to look like we are open to hearing what other people have to say, because that's why we're usually in front of people. It isn't just to, you know, pontificate about things. It is to allow people to really, you know, share their experience. And that also helps us learn to be better leaders. What can we do to serve you as the community better? Wow. You want to be approachable. And I love what you said, that that, that position title degree doesn't overshadow the tent of truly connecting, sharing, and integrating and building things together. Because as you know, that alienates a lot of times. So it's in a way a different form of bullying or being excluded just because if we're too, too smart or too this, too that to our own detriment, uh, we, we're creating something that uh, it's gonna sound and look like being rejected, being bullied uh, passively, if not aggressively, and, and not really seen for the true value that we bring to the table. And I don't think we have the time now, right, to, to, to play with this uh, because uh, people, people need us if we're in those positions, if we're visible, uh, they need us and they need that consistency. So you're not showing up one day like this and the other like that. And I love distinction you made it here. Comfort in terms of looking still professional with your own style and still being approachable versus being comfortable by just don't having no boundaries and wearing, you know, as I call it, uh, baggy pants or sweats and shapeless things that truly are uh, not appropriate outside of, uh, of outside of home. And a lot of people don't have those boundaries, don't know. And I love when you started early on, what you found the little book that was um, helping you to be that, um, the mold your way of thinking and, and help you to master the visual visual stuff. Any last minute golden nuggets uh, for everyone watching and listening that now it's curious is like, how do I get there? Obviously um, they can reach directly to you on LinkedIn. Do you have a website that they can also click and share and then get some um, additional information from you? Yes, absolutely. My website is josephrosenfeld.com. And I would love to have you come along and check out almost 500 blog posts that I've written over the years. And, you know, all that is um, free for the taking. I also have several um, white papers that are available for a free download that are on my website. Really good uh, information. Um, I've also got uh, videos that answer 20 questions about what it's like to work with uh, a person like me 
Um, so if you're looking for some more insights on all of that, um, I'm, I'm very happy to provide all of that uh, right there on the website. So lots of ways to connect. May I just say one, one last thing about, uh, that relates to everything we've been talking about? Yes, please. This idea of casualization that as it equates to comfort is a point that I really want to make. Uh, and I think it's appropriate to make it towards the end of, of our time, which is the idea of being casual is to leave something to chance. Mm. Everything that we've been talking about today, you and me, Isabella, and sharing with your uh, wonderful community is about this idea of doing something with a better intention. Now, better intention does not mean that we have to get all stuffy and formal in the way that we communicate in all these different ways, verbally, non-verbally, visually, um, all of it, our style. What I think is so important is that why, why? I would just ask you who's watching and listening, why would you leave anything to chance if you knew that you could do better? Why? That is so powerful and I love that. And specifically in the business that, that, re that reflects in dating, that reflects of hanging out with people who you spend the time with, and then, and then also reflects in the business. And where we're not goal-oriented, we're not vision-oriented, when we're not going in direction and knowing what, that need, what needs to happen for us to get there, right? Uh, not only we leave things to chance, but it's also such uncalculated high risk, isn't it? tremendously i can't imagine why somebody would really want to do that if you if if you are the ceo of a company let's say and you let all of your employees just leave everything to chance how successful do you think your business is going to be that's not about taking about avoiding taking calculated risks this is just about letting everything go no management no reporting in no accountability to me, that's all about leaving everything to chance. And if you show up like you are ready to just leave everything to chance, people are going to vibe on that and they're going to they're going to get that. Watch out. That's that's dangerous path. That is so beautiful. And I'm glad you mentioned that. And that brings a, a, one of my closing questions here, Joseph, for you. Obviously, you already built tremendous legacy. You made a tremendous impact on so many people that are for a lot of in general in the business, like put in the corner, like a little, you know, like we need them, but they're like invisible little kids in, in, in the kindergarten that are not as popular, right? Um, and, and, and I love that you took uh, specifically to target uh, those individuals that you not only can relate, you can understand, but also make them shine. So with everything you already accomplished, what, I, what is the next? What are you trying to do? And what would you like your legacy to be? What would you like to be known for decades and hundreds of years later down the road? I would love to create some sort of curriculum that I could introduce by going out to high schools around the country and giving people a pathway who are where I was, that to me would be the most amazing thing that I could leave behind. I'm already doing some of this uh, and because I've had success with kids coming up at the end of a talk and giving me hugs and saying thank you and tears, 
I know that I've already impacted kids and am doing what I can from that vantage point to show that there is a way. Mm. I think that's really what I want is to show people the way. I love what you just said and touched me deeply because I'm being working on different initiatives and I want to say definitely more dialogue to be made. But right now, youth is struggling. We have two obsolescence when a lot of kids, youth, teenagers are committing suicide uh, dramatically. And then we're having beside veterans that are doing uh, 24, 26 per day. Uh, that is failing. And then we're having, ironically, executives in mid 50s to mid 60s. And then when I examine that, um, I were working something towards to fix things around veterans. Uh, I'm looking on executives, it's like, okay, I understand when you feel so burned out and tired and completely crashed to losing everything you had and feeling like you don't have no more energy to move forward and you don't have a good team and good people around you. But where I feel like we're failing dramatically the most is exactly the you, the future generation, that we brought them in the mess, but we're not giving them tools and strategy and support. And in the same time, we're not starting early. So I love what you just said, because that's exactly what needs to happen, to build a confidence, to show that we care and that they're important and what they can do while they're at right now. Absolutely. And I love what you shared about executives who are really struggling too, by the way, and veterans, I feel like we need to destigmatize this issue, that if we could destigmatize it, more people could step forward and ask for help that they need in all kinds of ways. They would be more visible in, the, in knowing that they need help or that somebody would see that they need help because they're just more open to be who they are um, and, and imagine the amount of, of goodwill that could come just because um, folks like us and, and many others could stand in and lift people up and provide service that helps. Um, and, and, and if we can do that, think about all the, all the rest of the good that we could do. We could really help to eradicate mm. a lot of these feelings that, that you're telling all of us about that, that people secretly have. Yes, that is so true. And everything starts with looking, trusting, feeling as someone who can be trusted, right? And exuding that energy and have the look and feel and then having those dialogues and starting with that conversation from that trust, magic happens and people open up and we then discover so much more. So again, I wanted to not only thank you and we'll share your website and everybody that can get in direct in touch. And I highly recommend to connect with him on LinkedIn too, because it's the most trusted platform and that's where magic happens, right? But also to really ask questions or share the content and share information because you never know who needs to hear this right now at this moment so uh um, everybody watching and listening thank you so much leave us comments with joseph and i would love to know what you have to share and we're looking forward to hearing from joseph uh down the road and next year's and and seeing what tremendous success he's carving and what else is new we'll definitely bring him back thank you joseph for your valuable time it's much appreciated my pleasure isabella great to be with you and your audience today thank you for listening to legacy leader show if you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience then please leave us a positive rating in addition 
leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.